Hello everyone, welcome back to AV Art Club. I believe this is episode 15. Today's date is January 15th of 2023. I am Chris Clamp and as always I am joined with my partner in all things. Lauren Piemont. Yes, so it's been a while and we apologize for that but it's been super busy but we want to get back to where we left off and so much more. What do you think? Yeah, we have a lot of new ideas um, for the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, Happy New Year. I don't want to make too many declarations, as you know, but I think we are going to be more consistent in our recording and try some new stuff. Yeah, we actually, I guess just to jump into this briefly, we we have a bunch of new ideas of some topics and um, discussions we want to bring. I'd love to get back into some um, artist interviews. It's been something that we've wanted to do initially we kind of um with with covid and everything we 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 decided that we could share some of our um insider knowledge with you all which many of you have loved so we thank you all for your kind words regarding that um we also have been thinking about adding a video component uh we've been uploading these episodes to youtube uh, for those of you that just would like to access it there uh, or share them, tell them, tell the episodes to your friends, classmates about uh, anyway, they are on YouTube for your listening pleasure. And we may add a video component to future episodes. Yeah. And we'll let you know when all those episodes are officially on YouTube and live. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you it, this, you should be able to find it through AV Art Club. I think the handle is just AV Art Club. Yeah, it should come up if you just type that in. I don't even know if you need the slash. Yeah, and if you need to, AV Art Club podcast, we'll get you there. Um, Jeez, what else? I guess, do you want to do some catch up? Like real quick, I guess last time we did an episode, uh, we we were in the middle of Art Basel Art oh, Fairs. Yeah. Yeah, we can kind of catch up on how the end of the year shook out and what's coming up on the horizon. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, just painting, painting, and more painting. It's it's great. I'm just living the dream right now. Uh, like I said, the last episode, it was a Miami Art Week. Uh, Gerald Melberg Gallery had uh, a showing that featured some of my work and there was a great response, a few sold, which I'm super excited about. And uh, now I'm just working on new paintings for uh, my next exhibition, which is at Gerald Melberg Gallery opening at the end of April. So I'm just super busy with all that. How about you? Yeah, um, well, I guess I just kind of enjoyed the holiday season a little bit more than you did because I don't have your crazy deadlines um just been working at the gallery and we've had some some big stuff going on there we just opened a show for Brian Rutenberg and mm. if you know anything about Brian Rutenberg you know um how popular he is so that was a lot of preparation but so far so good and we had a artist talk with Brian yesterday at the gallery which went really well he's a really great speaker if you don't know um, about him and he also has a YouTube channel um just doing stuff like that getting ready for the wedding tying up uh the rest of the loose ends and um kind of just enjoying the beginning of 2023 yes new year new us Yes. Um, yeah, the Brian Rutenberg show is beautiful. If you are in the uh, Carolinas, Charlotte, if you're listening to us, anything like that is worth seeing. And uh, yeah, the, the artist talk was wonderful. Brian has a YouTube series that he does that I think it's titled Studio Visit, in which he is in his studio just talking to his audience about his inspiration, um, and a variety of other things. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth a listen. Years ago, he did a podcast with Savvy Painter podcast. That's also worth a listen. You can search that, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah. So 
since we're kind of breaking the ice after a little while away, I wanted to start this episode out with a little game before we get into the meat of things. I like games. What kind of games? <laughs> well, I wanted to do an in and out list for 2023. What's in and what's out in the art world, at least in our opinion. Mm. I don't think Chris has ever played this game no. before. <laughs> um, but it's pretty simple. Uh, we can just go back and forth. Maybe we start with what's out, the things that we do not want to see in 2023 in terms of art. Can you think of anything like that for you? Mm, maybe um, NFTs out. Yeah, yeah, I think NFTs are out and over. Crypto collapsed. It's it's time. We actually met someone at the artist talk yesterday who was vehemently opposed to NFTs. And I was like, yeah, right yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it was a great discussion that we had. Yeah, that that would definitely be out. So what's next in this game? Do I ask you? Or do I do another? Yeah, I'll give it something that's out for me, which is definitely murals. Oh. Murals are out. I'm sorry. <laughs> you killed it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of them. And we've had this discussion before about murals. And and it it's one of those things that, that ends up being on the exterior of a building. And there's like a thought that it, helps increase the cost or the you know the, the, the yeah. potential to sell this some say that um building owners will get an artist to do a mural on it because when they go to sell the building it'll sell for more money but as we know especially in charlotte when you sell a building it gets torn down so uh your mural is gone yeah and that's one thing that really saddens me as someone that is a painter and spends an absurd amount of time making a painting. Uh, I just can't imagine doing that on the wall of a building and then someone just destroys it. There are some cool murals here in Charlotte and I know one day they will be gone and I know how hard some of these artists work to create these murals and and the fact that someone's going to realize that this old brick building is going to be... Um, is in the way of a nice new apartment and they need to destroy it. It's like, wow, now that, that awesome painting that that guy did or that girl did is, is no longer around for us to enjoy. It's not in a museum. It's not anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, we're not knocking mural artists, to be clear. It's just the phenomenon. And I feel like artists are often used um, in ways that aren't fair to them when it comes to the mural stuff and I remember when the murals first started popping up all around Charlotte and it was kind of an exciting time actually because it was something new and I even had this idea years ago to do a book about all the murals you know feature a really nice photo of them and uh, do a little write-up about the artists and like first of all I waited too long and there were just too many murals and I also just kind of Kind of got sick of the whole concept. <laughs> and a lot of them have changed that we've noticed here in Charlotte. Like there was one that um, uh, is, was in South End near uh, the Common Market in South End. For those of you that listened to the episode in Charlotte, uh, this young woman had made this mural that I enjoyed seeing. And we don't we don't go in South End very often anymore because uh it it's just a disaster to 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 travel into that area and the art supply store is no longer there so i don't have a need to go anyway the mural's gone it's some some other mural on has been painted over which it's kind of sad uh, i don't know i'm i'm one of these guys that that it, for those of you that listen to this that have been in an art class in which you had a, a teacher that, that you were working on your drawing or your collage or whatever, and then told you all to like get up and move like to the next chair to your right or whatever. And someone worked on your, your artwork and you worked on someone else's artwork that just gave me hives, you know, cause I'm like, well that, no, that person's going to screw up what I've been doing. So anyway. Yeah. Well, 
I could go on and on about what's out, but I don't want to be too negative. So maybe we should move into what's in for 2023. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I could really go on and on about outs, too, but ins. Um, how about painting? There's so much art that I see anymore that's just um, made from debris. And th- that's fine. Art can be whatever it is. But I know for so long, if you just worked in traditional mediums, that you were considered very passe. And especially if you were a realist, you were considered just a dinosaur or something. Everything you did was not very uh, relevant or um, didn't have any merit in the museum world, especially here. Yeah, we spoke with someone yesterday who is also a representational painter and he was talking about how for the longest time he had to paint westerns because that was the only kind of realism getting any traction, which is so sad to me. Yeah, absolutely. But I know what he means, though, because several years ago, before a lot of other galleries were kind of showing realist art um, in the art world, th- there were galleries in the West Coast that were pioneering uh, contemporary realism, but a lot of it had Western imagery, whether that was like, uh, I don't know what you would call like cowboy and Indian art, you know, not to sound um, rude, um, but you know, that, that, that was kind of the, how the artwork was, was being done. But then other galleries in New York, like Arcadia Fine Art started to uh, focus more on, on contemporary realism and, and it started to broaden its scope. But yeah, a lot of artists that, that are skilled and, and love painting a certain way, they've had to make artwork just because it was certain things were in demand just to make money. Yeah. uh, There was even briefly a Western gallery in Charlotte for like three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to that, but kind of going off of, painting being in and um more forms of realism being in i'm just gonna say another out which for me is gonna be zombie abstraction oh my goodness yes yeah i'm i'm done with with that as well it seems like uh you you pick up a rock somewhere and you find an abstract painter a lot of messy drippy abstraction yeah please stop making um abex derivative art we get it. Well, on on uh, just to piggyback with that one, you could also say zombie landscape painting. Sure, zombie any any zombie art, anything that. Yeah, I think y'all know what we mean. Well, I gave an end. You did not. What is something you want in in twenty twenty three? For me, what's in in twenty twenty three is working for yourself, whether that's ah, a full time artist. It or just a creator of something, um, figure it out. Figure out how to work for yourself this year. I'm going to be doing that. I semi-work for myself, but I want to fully work for myself. And I have Chris to inspire me, so Well, let's you do inspire it. me. And, um, and we hope that our discussions inspire you all. Uh, the Art Galleries 101 has been very popular And uh, we have you all to thank for that. And we have another episode in the Art Galleries 101 topic. Um, This is kind of wrapping up that discussion, but we'll have another discussion that may also be inspiring and helpful for you all to achieve success in the art world. Yeah, and I was just kind of thinking about the intention behind the Art Galleries series um, yesterday. And I was just thinking, you know, we're doing this And we're sharing this knowledge with you so that you don't have to work for, I don't know, a combined like over 20 years in a gallery (laughs) to learn this stuff. So, you know, we're sharing our insider knowledge um, that we've gathered over decades to make things easier for you and help you work for yourself. Absolutely. A lot of the things we've discussed thus far are things that I wish I would have known 
God, you know, 20 years ago when I was really trying to get my foot in the door in galleries and even in just um, uh, group exhibitions and, and juried exhibitions uh, and in a way after I learned certain things, I looked back and I was a little embarrassed um, how I approached certain things, but hopefully these will help you. So what is today's topic of discussion? Well, today we wanted to talk about shipping your artwork, packing it and shipping it, lest you should be sending it to a gallery or a show. Yeah, absolutely. This is, it might seem like kind of a boring topic, but this is something that's that's hugely important in a way. Whenever you're shipping your artwork to a museum, a gallery, a collector, um, it, it it's quite often can be like the first point of contact that you have with someone. Uh, someone may have seen your work on Instagram, for example, and they've purchased it from you and you're shipping it to them. Or let's say you've been accepted into a juried exhibition and you're shipping your work to that, that show that your work has most likely been chosen through a digital image on a phone computer uh, so whenever someone receives the physical object, it, it says so much. It creates this initial experience of, of the artist and his or her work that makes a, a lasting impression. So often if you ship, and let's say you receive a beat up box, it's something that's not very um, uh, attractive on the outside then it, it makes an impression. And then as the person starts to open the package, if it is um, full of all sorts of unpleasant things, then it also makes a huge impression. Like think about a product that you've bought um, in the past, you know, whether that was like a new uh, iPhone or a laptop or, or a pair of shoes, something. And the way that the packaging was as you opened it, it almost opened itself and inside everything was beautifully presented to you. And, and all you had to do was, was lift this thing out, but it was very protected at the same time. Anyway, it just makes a huge impression. And that's one thing that I want to convey as we're discussing this, but also go into the, all the details. It does make a big impression. I mean, to this day, there are ways that people have packed and shipped things to us at the gallery that my bosses still talk about. Um, I'll be like, oh, you remember that artist? He used to roll up old socks with his paintings and make us send all his cardboard back so mm -hmm. we could reuse yeah. it. And I mean, just the other day, we were talking about how something was shipped to us from another gallery that it was like a $300,000 painting and it was kind of wrapped in these scraps of cardboard and we were all kind of horrified uh, mm. just at the way that this really, really expensive artwork was treated. So it does make a difference. I've also been on the other end of it. I've never shipped my artwork anywhere for anything but I've packed a lot of artwork at the gallery Chris taught me everything I know about that and I have received compliments on the pack job from clients <laughs> and you know they just remark about how beautifully packed something is so keep that in mind yeah everything matters everything matters yes um so I guess before we get your artwork into a box, one thing to keep in mind is let's say you've entered a juried exhibition or you're showing in a gallery, you've sold your artwork. It needs to be presented in a way that's ready to hang. And you'll see that listed on a prospectus for a juried exhibition. For example, it'll say, you know, the work has to be ready to hang, meaning that it has a wire or some sort of hanging hardware on it. So Let's say you've made your artwork, you've got this beautiful drawing and you have had it framed and you want to make sure you've got a wire on it. If you don't use a wire, then you could use something like D-rings is what we call it in the industry. There are two hooks on either side of the, the frame, the left and right side of the frame on the back that are essentially shaped kind of like a D with a with a bracket where there's a screw, either one or two screws that hold it in place. Most art hangers, 
galleries, museums will prefer a D-ring because it's so easy and secure. It's not going to move around on anyone's wall like a wire. A wire will shift and, and sway over time. It will also stretch and it could break over time. I Wire is actually only kind of liked by someone that isn't very experienced with things or you know, maybe you're shipping something to a collector and they just want to put one hook in a wall and hang this work on a wire. That's fine. That's fine. But know what you're using in advance, like your hardware. Don't just put a wire on something that weighs way too much. You know, everything has a purpose. D-rings fit the bill in like pretty much every uh, application. Wires, not every application. What you definitely don't ever want to use are sawtooth hangers. You've seen them at the hardware store and you've seen them on pictures before. They typically hang at the top of a frame uh, and they have like a little like like tooth looking thing to it, like a sawtooth. And then you 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 just put that on a nail. They aren't secure and they're a pain to hang with. So do not use a sawtooth hanger. Anything you want to add to any of that before we start to put the art in a box? Um, I guess with hardware, like if you have like a diptych or something, put the yeah, D-rings at the same height on the back of each picture so that yeah. whomever is installing it can make one measurement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one reason why D-rings are also preferred to wires is because it's so much easier to be accurate when hanging artwork. Uh, unlike a wire, you, you will fuss and fuss and you'll loosen the wire and tighten the wire trying to get things to be at the same height and you don't need to do that. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to put the work of art in the box. All right. What so, kind of box? Oh yeah. What kind of box? I mean, that's a big, a big question. And where do you get boxes? You know? Oh, well, I guess that's controversial now. Yeah. Um, you don't want to just reuse an Amazon box. No, you want double walled cardboard, I would say. If you can get a double walled cardboard box, that is always like great. If you can't, that's fine too. But you want to be able to pad it well on the inside. Double walled cardboard, what that typically means Whenever you, you see the cardboard it, and you it's corrugated, you know what I mean? Where it's like got this accordion uh, shape when you look and look at the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the word? The cross section of the cardboard, double wall, you'll essentially see two of those sort of a cor, cor, uh, my tongue is not working. <laughs> it's like two ply cardboard. There you go. Yeah. It has that accordion shape with the um, corrugation. Um, it's just more secure. Uh, if it's single walled cardboard, that's fine. You'll see often on the bottom of the box, it'll have like a, a like a, a crush weight test rating. You'll see on the bottom, sometimes it'll have like a CW and it'll just be like the crush weight rating, you know, it might be like tested at like 50 pounds or whatever. And you just want to get something that's appropriate for your work of art, depending on its size. Yeah, so double walled cardboard, and then what do we put in the box or around the picture? So you'll often will wrap your artwork in bubble wrap. But before we get there, let, I want to cover one other thing real quick. Um, like with uh, let me, before I move on, let, let me cover one thing about cardboard boxes. So if you all are listening to us in Charlotte, there are plenty of places that you can get cardboard boxes. Home Depot and Lowe's are great options. Uh, there's a place here in town called Ferguson Box, which you could get boxes from as well. Um, one thing about Home Depot and Lowe's are they sell these boxes that are for TVs and mirrors. They're, they're great if you have a large picture. If you have a small picture, you know, you're not going to need something that big. But but investigate what your options are. And if something's too big, you can always cut it down. Just make sure you still have enough room for padding around your picture. Okay, sorry to kind of jump off a little bit there. All right, so your artwork, we're going to put it in the box. But let's say this is a drawing. Let's say it's a work behind glass. You'll want to protect that glass. Uh, if it's actual glass glass and not plexiglass, you'll want to apply 
some tape to the glass, the surface of the glass, the face of it. You can use a product that's called glass skin that you can buy online. It's like a, like a large piece of, of masking tape in a way, but it has a low tack adhesive, the silicone based. So it doesn't leave any residue on the glass. Uh, you could also use painter's tape. And what you'll do is essentially kind of make like a, um, you'll, you can either cover the glass in your, your painter's tape, get a wide painter's tape, like a inch and a half, two inch wide, or you can make kind of a, a, a web of it, like a checkerboard pattern. Uh, and what this is for is if your glass breaks in shipping, it keeps the glass stable. So it doesn't just fall into your work of art and then just slide all around throughout shipping and potentially pierce your work of art. Yeah, I once shipped a beard in to someone. I think it was a collage and the glass broke, but the glass was skinned. So mm. the picture was not damaged. So yeah, hugely important. Yeah, hugely important. So definitely do that. Um, that you don't want to risk the embarrassment or the damage of glass breaking and shipment. Uh, if you framed your artwork with plexiglass, it's not necessary. Don't don't tape the, the plexiglass because you're going to ruin it. And uh, the plexiglass should not shatter in shipping. Uh, I guess back to what Lauren was saying is you'll want to wrap your picture in um, some sort of membrane. Let's say like we've been saying it's a it's a frame that is behind glass so it's like a nice frame that you've you've purchased or maybe even you've built well you might want to wrap it in bubble wrap let's say we're going to wrap it in bubble wrap first we'll talk about plastic wrap later but we're going to wrap it in bubble wrap first what i would suggest you do in most instances is use the 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 small bubble bubble wrap i know you you know what i'm talking about like you'll see it at at an office supply store or a hardware store you can see the kind that's like kind of the smaller bubbles and then the kind that is the really large fat bubbles now the both are great in their own application but just for the wrapping of your picture right now you can use the smaller kind and what i would recommend that you do is wrap the artwork with the bubble side facing out because what's going to happen is the bubble wrap if it's facing in you run the risk of it leaving impressions on your frame or on your plexiglass um, or anything else like that on the artwork because it, it, it does have a, a slight um, texture to it a certain crispness the bubble does so while it's tightly wrapped to your artwork and shipment it's it's just moving little bit by little bit in the in the uh, on the truck or whatever and it could create those those micro abrasions that you will see and you'll never get out so flip it inside out so the bubbles facing out and wrap it that way yeah um what's next (laughs) (laughs) okay so well just to add to that a little bit more one other way that you could kind of get around that is if you wrapped your work of art with plastic wrap first which you could do um if you're wrapping a painting you'll probably want to wrap it with something like a plastic wrap first as well um you could get this at a hardware store or um order it online again as well i would order a clear plastic wrap um you might see it called um a lot of people just call it poly uh, anyway you'll you'll see different thicknesses and i would order a, a four mil it just refers to the thickness of the plastic if you order anything thicker than a four mil is typically going to be too thick and will not fold and um and wrap the artwork in a very delicate way. If you run, if you order something, use something that's thinner than a four mil, it might not add the the strength that you want. Like if you're wrapping a painting, it might be just too thin, too flimsy, and you could easily tear it as you're as you're taping it or pulling on it. Um, anyway, yes. Also, if you're doing a work on paper, make sure you 
keep putting arrows with the direction of the top mm, because yes. you want to ship it um, with the top on top, even though we we don't know what FedEx or whomever really does with it, but we try to keep it in the right direction. So mm-hmm. yeah. keep writing arrows on your tape or your bubble or whatever. Yeah, and if nothing else, just do it for yourself. And it's also for the client. Like we said earlier, they're going to receive it and they're going to notice that that whomever packed this really cared about what they were wrapping. And it, and, and that, that says a lot about you. Um, what you should always keep in mind whenever you're shipping though, whether you're shipping via UPS or FedEx is that your, your package is going to be mishandled. They're going to throw it off a truck. They're going to flip it on a conveyor belt that it is going to get, like flipped around in all positions. You're going to, you want to do your part to make it as safe as possible and to be handled the best way possible, but also be aware that um, whomever handles it next is going to mishandle it. Yeah. Because in case you aren't um, sure uh, when you don't keep a work on paper upright, uh, the hinges can break oh yeah yeah you're absolutely right that's why we're saying that that that's a great point but that brings up another thing i I don't know if we've really gone much into framing but that i guess that's a discussion we could have gone into before this and we could if if anyone has some um questions or concerns about framing please send us a comment about that and we can do an episode about it but anyway with works on paper um Whenever you, you frame a work on paper, you typically only want to hinge it at the top. And hinges are the the tape hinge that you put on the back of the paper that ad- adheres it to the back mat board in the frame. You've probably heard of things like linen hinges or mulberry hinges. And they're typically like water activated. And uh, anyway, that you... You add it to the top of your picture and then you it's on the back of the picture and then it's adhered to the frame. A lot of people, framers, artists will put too many hinges. They'll have hinges at the top, sides, bottom. And while that is safe, like with shipping, if it's put on its side, it doesn't put additional stress at the top hinges. What happens is paper is always expanding and contracting due to humidity in the air and um, other environmental influences and if the paper is hinged in all possible places the paper can't naturally breathe so then it forms these wrinkles and dents and other um, like cockles in it and you see where the hinges are when you look at the work of art when it's hanging on a wall and you cannot get that out of the of the paper so you'll want to just hinge your works on paper at the top so the paper can naturally expand and contract and uh, you'll never notice any um, any damage that way yes thank you for that thank you for suggesting it sure um tape what about tape lauren tape you want to use strapping tape on the outside that's the kind with the stripes a little reinforced but before threads. we use that oh well, we got to tape the bubble wrap well yeah and you could <laughs> use brown tape you should also put tape on your hooks uh just white tape over your hooks before mm-hmm. you put it in there so it doesn't scratch things up but anyway yeah brown tape's good for the inner contents of your package yeah the, nothing is worse than clear packaging no. tape on bubble wrap like it, Can't it, see it. it it might look better you might think oh it disappears this is going to be better than this brown packaging tape but it's it's so frustrating because you'll never see it and someone's trying to unwrap the picture they can't tell where this this other piece of tape is they're they're cutting with scissors and yeah and damage could happen you don't want people cutting yeah thing open no so you can use like a brown tan packaging tape so it's easier to see and what is uh, what i would suggest that you certainly do separates um 
the 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 higher um, IQ from the lower IQ is actually put what it's called courtesy tabs on the tape. So what it what it means is you just fold it over. You just like you you tear off a piece of your packaging tape and then on one end of it you just make a little fold. And then what that does is whenever someone's unpackaging unpacking your work of art, they can grab hold of the tape by this folded tab that you've created and then just pull it off and otherwise it doesn't come off very easily they're going to have to get scissors and all this stuff again it's just making something look so much nicer and easier to open yes you used to tell me that tape tabs save lives say yeah (laughs) i'm glad you remember that oh i'll never forget yeah tape tabs do save lives i think anyone who's ever handled art knows that there's a funny um meme it's super old on like art handler magazine which is great if you're not aware of it um and it's like this pyramid where it like lists all of the education levels like high school bachelors um masters whatever and at the top of the pyramid it says people who use tape tabs yeah right above phd <laughs> i have that image still so i will give that to you and we can use it in the the post of this. yeah maybe we'll post it on our instagram because yeah. it's true yeah absolutely oh here it is i see it now the pyramid of intellect there's yeah high school diploma at the bottom associates a degree above that bachelor's degree above that master's degree above that phd and then the tip of the pyramid people who fold over the ends of their tape to make pull tabs for easy removal and access. Hell yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, um, that's covered that. So no clear tape. We've covered tape tabs. We've covered bubble wrap inside out. Oh, and then on your brown tape, if you've got to work on paper, that's where you would put your directional arrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that that I've used a lot whenever I've shipped artwork that I find helpful is, so you've wrapped your, your artwork, and it's like a little pillow in a way. You've got your picture inside of this pillow of bubble wrap, um, and let's say you want to add some more, like the thicker bubble wrap around that at that point to add a little bit more cushion to it. What I will do is you can go again to your hardware store and buy this insulation material. Um, It's in the insulation department. If you go to Home Depot, it's pink. It's called Foamular. If you go to Lowe's, I think now it's kind of a bluish green color. And I don't remember the brand name, but um, you can get it in a variety of thicknesses. I often prefer the half inch thickness and you can cut it with a utility blade and then just kind of you can (laughs) some of us can cut it with a utility blade (laughs) and 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 they kind of snap it at that point and uh it has a clear plastic membrane on both sides and what this does is it is kind of a uh what's the word i'm looking for it's it's somewhat puncture resistant but also uh it, it doesn't break you know so like if you you anyway let me let me back up for a second let's say you you have your artwork and you buy this insulation material i just mentioned and you cut it you could cut two pieces and you're and then you'll put that in your box so you essentially have like a sandwich where you've got this insulation material you've got your picture in the middle and you've got another one on the other side of it and this is rigid foam so if something were to puncture this box this is going to absorb it just due to its own rigidity, but it has this clear pa- plastic membrane, which also kind of prevents the puncture as well. Um, so it's it's wonderful stuff. It's it's not exactly like as cheap as it once was, but it's 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 very much worth it. You can you can save it and reuse it, and uh, and again, it's one of these things that's kind of clean because if you were trying to, uh, let's say you're you're shipping a work of art to a client for approval so they can see it and decide if they want to buy it before they ship it back. Or let's say you're doing a juried exhibition in which you're shipping your artwork to the show. And at the end of the show, the institution is packing the artwork 
back and and returning it to you, shipping it back to you. You want to make it easy enough for them to be able to repack it, essentially how you packed it. So you know it's, you, you pack the artwork to ship to them so it would be safe and get there without any damage. You want to make sure they do the same thing for you. So the best way to do that is to make it easy enough for them to uh, replicate what you have done. So um, making the package like simple like this, but effective is a good way to do it. So this foam is like a simple thing you could add, um, but very effective. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't want to use like messy stuff like peanuts or something. Oh, so God. this is a really good alternative to that everyone will thank you um just make sure you measure the foam pieces to the size of your artwork when it's wrapped in the bubble so it might be a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. you just want it to cover the whole um top and back of the artwork and then i guess the frame sort of protects the sides in a way you don't have to put foam pieces on the sides unless you really feel like it yeah you could just roll up the thicker bubble wrap into nice sort of um, lengths and then put that on the sides is often what I would do. Um, just make sure it, it, it's pretty snug before you tape the box mm-hmm. closed. But as Lauren said, yeah, definitely never use packaging peanuts. If you've received something in the mail from someone that you've bought something from off of uh, eBay, for example, and you open the box and there's peanuts, you know it's like all over your living room. It's stuck to your hand. You can't get it off because there's this static cling. It's it's just super messy. And it's actually not very effective because it crushes. Like it gets really flat over time if you notice that. And, and, And you might fill up a box and you think, oh, that's super snug. But if you shake the box, you notice how it settles and is not offering enough padding where you want it to be so do not use packaging peanuts there's plenty of other things you can use that are um, nicer for the recipient and also um, more effective yeah plus the recipient's gonna lose some of the peanuts um, when they take your stuff out of the box so it just it isn't a good idea Uh, but the foam is great it stays together in one piece and it's easy to put back um what you'll want to do with the foam is you'll want to tape it together so you'll like run a piece of tape i don't know how to describe that without a picture but <laughs> maybe you know what i mean just like tape your sandwich and your sandwich breads mm-hmm. around the picture uh, just with like a piece of tape on like top bottom and each side you know you don't have to like seal it up like crazy and then what I would say is you take that whole sandwich that's taped and you wrap it again and you can use big bubble this time it doesn't have to be inside out because everything's so protected but if you're into that you can keep going with it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah the inside out bubble is mainly just to protect that first layer that's going to be against your artwork whether that is your um your framed work on paper or a canvas and again if you're used you're wrapping like a painting like a canvas work you're going to do that slightly differently um well i guess we should say that real quick i guess we're reaching the end of this discussion but yeah let's say that you are wrapping a painting on canvas or a painting on panel that isn't um in uh behind glass which it shouldn't be anyway, but anyway, you're, you're wrapping it. You can wrap it in that plastic material I mentioned earlier, like the four mil plastic, or you can uh, use a nicer material first. You've probably heard of a product called glassine. It's a nice uh, acid free thin paper. That's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a parchment or a tracing paper. If you've used that as an art supply, um, but it's acid free and it's, it's got a, a smooth non-textured surface. And it's another thing that you can use to wrap against the, the face of your, of your painting. That's not going to add any other abrasions or anything like that. And then you could wrap it in the plastic or the bubble wrap, essentially doing what we described earlier with the frame. But since you, 
um, need to protect the the actual surface of the canvas or the panel, um, you need to go just add another layer or two to it as well since you do not have the glass. Did we cover most of that, what we wanted to cover? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just like finish it out. So you'll put your big sandwich in your box. When you're buying a box, give yourself several extra inches to account for all this packing material that we've added. Um, and then, you know, you put it in there. If there are like big gaps in your box or something, like you can fill it in with scrap pieces of bubble. Uh, then you'll seal it up. If you want to put little dotted lines on the strapping tape, just to encourage people not to like stab scissors into cardboard because you'd <laughs> think who would do that, but I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Um, but yeah, uh, and also if you've got your work on paper, put directional stickers on the outside of the box. Like we said, there's really no guarantee in that the people handling your box will mind your directional arrows, but mm -hmm. you can try. Well, great. Well, there's two other things I want to touch on real quick, and then we'll, I guess we'll be done. All right, so let's say you're packing a three-dimensional work of art, like you're a, a ceramic artist or a sculptor sculptor or you have glass that you're shipping uh, I'd recommend you 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 use nesting boxes so you essentially will have a an inner box and an outer box you're gonna pack your three-dimensional work of art in a smaller box and have it nicely padded with with um, foam or bubbles um, definitely not peanuts and then seal that box and have a box that's like um, how much bigger? Let me think. Something that might be like around two to four inches bigger than that box in all dimensions and add some padding into it and put in that inner box and ship it. And that way the outer box is the one that if it's like hit with something is going to take the brunt of the damage while protecting the inner box with your, your three-dimensional work of art in it. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on is we've, we've mentioned uh, how to pack your work of art with um, accessible materials like cardboard box, bubble wrap, things like that. If you want to go the extra mile and you have the extra money, you can buy a reusable box uh, from various places online. Uh, you will hear them referred to as strong box or air float box or an art shipper box. And they essentially are like a shoe box where they have a lid that will flip open that stays attached to it. And there's like a part that, that folds in on the other side. Now inside of this box, there's typically three layers of foam and the middle layer is perforated like every inch in all dimensions in all directions I guess you could say or at least height and width so that way what you could do is you then take your work of art and you essentially determine the size of it on this middle layer and then you cut it or tear it along the perforation and you you then just insert your artwork into that hole and then you easily seal it and tape it and you ship it so whenever the recipient receives it let's say it's like that juried show I keep mentioning they can easily open it, remove your artwork from that little nested foam area, and then the end of the show, easily put it back in place, close it, and ship it back to you. They obviously cost more, but the the fact that you can reuse it, uh, is, it goes a long way. You'll get your money out of it. Yeah, those are cool. Um, just still wrap your artwork in something uh, before you put it in there, like maybe glassine and that like small bubble or something. Yeah. Or some plastic wrap. But, um, if you do get one of those other boxes I mentioned, like the airflow strong box or art shipper, make sure that they have, um, a lot of them will have like a plastic membrane on the inside, like a liner, I think is what is often listed. And again, that's like if the box is punctured in some way, like a forklift in a warehouse, this additional membrane will help 
prevent against any damage. Again, they're going to cost more, but it's totally worth it. You'll get to reuse it a lot. Even if you were to ship a work of art to a client and they're going to buy the painting, if they want to keep it, great. Build it into the cost of the artwork that you're selling. Um, they could keep it and then use it again later. If they decide to move, they can repack the artwork. But you could also say, hey, could you ship that back to me and include like a, 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 a return label or something like that? Anyway, I guess that covers it. Yeah, that covers it. Good but Lord. Sorry, we didn't mean to talk that long, but I guess um, there's just a lot to say about proper yeah. art shipping. Uh, I always really enjoyed packing art. I don't get to do it anymore, but when Chris and I worked together, we did it a bunch. Yeah, and and, and there's a certain pride in doing it right and, and making it look really, really, really cool and then getting it to... Um, getting it to the client. Like Lauren said earlier, you would often hear from someone saying, I received this package. It was beautiful. Opening it, like set the stage of, um, of, of this work of art. I was so excited to receive. Uh, like I said earlier, the, there were times whenever that was the first point of contact with the gallery you know we we've been communicating over the email we've been sharing digital images the person person purchases the artwork over a digital image so this is the first point of like a physical contact so it's it really makes a lasting impression anyway i hope this helps you all yeah we hope it helps if you have more questions um about packing let us know uh on instagram at av art club or send us an email uh, AV Art Club podcast at gmail.com and stay tuned for all the fun stuff we're going to be doing this new year. Where can they find you? You can find me at Lauren Piemont on Instagram and yeah that's oh on Patreon as well uh, patreon.com backslash Lauren's Tarot if you're into that kind of thing. Excellent. And I am at Chris Clamp Art on Instagram. And my website is at chrisclampart.com. Well, till the next episode. Till next time.